everybody. Welcome to your wrong. Uh, so Matt, what is everybody wrong about today? Oh man, you guys are so wrong about Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League movie. Wronger than Zack Snyder himself? Well, wronger than Joss Whedon or Warner Brothers? I think we're going to get into that. Go a ahead. lot of people that are wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> let me give you all the very brief synopsis of this movie. And and just before I do that, I, I want to remember to say that we're looking at this as a whole film. Um, we're not just going to compare it to Joss Whedon's Justice League. We will at times, but it's not a, was this better than Joss Whedon's movie? Yes or no? This is This is more like, is this a good movie? Yes or no? With some comparisons to how it's been improved. So uh, bear that in mind, and we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. So if you haven't watched it, uh, don't, I guess, and just listen to us, or maybe wait. And, I would say go watch. watch it and come back. Yeah, it, it'll yeah. make it be more meaningful, meaningful to you that way. Yes. That being said, uh, I'll give you a brief synopsis on uh, Justice League uh, movie. Uh, at a high level, uh, Ben Affleck decides that he needs to put together a team of superheroes to defend against aliens coming to the earth and destroying everything. So he goes and finds a bunch of them. And then they realize that they also need Henry Cavill back because he's super awesome. And they do that. And then they kill all the aliens and ship his ass back to his boss and give him a big old fuck you. Um, yeah. So that's basically the movie. Um, we'll get into it. That's the synopsis guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Um, seven out of a hundred cats. There's my rating. Is that good? Who knows? Probably not. Uh, okay. So, um, we're going to break this down by, by the, the parts since, uh, Zack Snyder has so graciously given us a bunch of different parts, uh, six, well, seven with the epilogue. We're going to go through like that. So, um, Let's just jump right into to part one. Um, yes. Uh, how how what do you think about part one? So, I mean, why does he have against the Amazons? Like, <laughs> like it's like the the whole thing was like the whole thing was set up in a way that just did them dirty. If I'm honest, like they okay, so they were protecting the mother box we're gonna find out later in the movie why and how that happened but they were protecting the mother box mother box mother box cracks and they're like oh shit what's happening and then we find out that you know someone's coming to get it someone's apparently i i have a feeling they know who that person is steppenwolf but they don't i don't know it does it's not really super clear well technically they live forever as far as we understand because no one's ever born right like yeah. Anyways, that, that's what they say in the other the Wonder Woman movie. So, so yeah, I guess I guess he wasn't there. Uh, spoilers. Like I don't know if he shows up in the scene with Dark Seed or Dark Side later on. Yeah, no. Is I'm just harking forward because you know this is what we do. We start talking about something and jump around. But like we'll talk about that then. I think. But Diana does say, "Oh, Steppenwolf." Like like she knows who he is. But anyway, he comes in, and it's clear that they're outmatched. Like they nothing they do does anything against the guy. No, not even they even struggle to to kill any of the parademons, the little bird. Which, yeah, creatures. which is weird. But and then, okay, they, so they have a containment plan. Then the containment plan consists of just burying themselves alive in that giant like structure and then collapse it to the ocean. Correct. These are supposed to be genius level warriors, top level defenders, military strategists, and and this is the best plan they come up with. Yeah, well, like immortal warriors that have 
you know, immortal traditions to battle and, and, and are seen by everyone else in the world as the utmost warriors in existence. I like, why, why? No, why? <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> because Zack Snyder. Listen, I love them. I think the Amazons are so cool. And I really enjoy that. There's like, you know, if any movie passes the Bechdel test, this one would because there's a lot of like just discussion between them that has nothing to do with men or anything. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Props great. to that. That's great. I love the, you know, that they, they picked people other than the main Amazons. <laughs> the other Amazons actually look like they can fight. And I'm not even talking about whether they're muscular or not. It's just like the, the way they behave themselves is very warrior-like. I like that. Yeah, but I then, think they need actual warrior costumes and not stupid-ass clothing to make them look like sexy combo characters because there's fair. no fucking way an Amazonian would wear, you know, basically a sports bra and a skirt when she's going to go up against mighty warriors. They're going to wear armor yeah. to cover their body. Like, But anyways, that's that's and that's one thing that's interesting to note. Like, that's just Zack Snyder's choice because that was there through the Joss Whedon cut and this cut. He struggles portraying women correctly is what i yeah. would say yeah it's that they're like he does the good job of these are warriors that stand on their own they you know they're they're the the epitome of of fighters right they do he does that well but then yeah. but they're so sexy though let's let's you know show some skin like it's not yeah. necessary like there are other ways of of ramping up the sexiness without it being blatant i think yep yeah, but anyway, I, I, I would agree, hundred percent. And you know, the whole the whole thing is so. I think like we were discussing this before, and and you you put it the way I put it. You know that his they're done dirty, and there's no other way of doing it because the whole sequence, even after obviously Steppenwolf is going to survive that because there was no way he was just gonna die in the first like twenty sure. minutes of the movie. Yeah, God no. And and then even when they're escaping, like the whole scene is so cool with the you know shooting the like tying an arrow around oh, it yeah. and, and shooting it, and then like the other Amazon just grabbing it in midair and jumping to the other horses. That's fucking amazing. That was and that was a much better plan than the the collapse and kill themselves plan. Like oh yeah, because <laughs> you don't expect the guy to show up and be able to just teleport to wherever he needs to be. So that's that's a good plan. Yeah. But then, like that, the, honestly, the whole thing is is a foregone conclusion of, of course, he's gonna get the mother box. So and so then, it, then it the, it's wasted. The 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 awesomeness of the Amazons is wasted. Sure, and and you know what, I, I it's wasted. I think it has a purpose to show to show how powerful Steppenwolf is. And while I appreciate that, they also and this is something we'll get into more detail. Everything we're doing is the story, like the, the choices we make here to show that Stephen Will is super powerful doesn't need to be done at the cost of of showing who the, the Amazonians are as a people. And, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's one of the things that we'll see throughout the movie is that in order to serve one purpose, Zack Snyder has no problem with shitting on other things, um, whether they make sense logically or or that's the way the character was driven or other things. He does it. He he's willing to disregard things if he can get something out of it, which which is not great storytelling. Yeah, we're gonna get into it, but there's a lot of let me just throw the, this in there and and not really care about how it ties with everything else or how it serves another purpose other than this one scene. But we're gonna talk about this later. 
Well, you know, like, yeah, I think that might be a good good segue into the idea that, you know, in general, we see in chapter one that uh, I'm not so sure that DC superheroes exactly know how to use their powers or care. Right? I, yeah, I think they know how to use their powers. They just don't care how they use them. Right? Because you know, we're talking sure. about Diana yeah. here, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's she, like, knows, she knows what she's doing, clearly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have to ask. Okay. Did she need to explode that last guy with the bracelet, the bracelet thing? Well, okay. based on her ability to block every single bullet out of a machine gun uh, with her bracers, I feel like she should, should have just got to him and, and like punched him or knocked him out somehow. Yeah. Because like, here's what, hap- what happens. Like she does the, the bracelet thing, which is a cool effect. Sure. But she explodes the entire side of that bank and possibly injured, if not killed people that are down there. Oh, someone had to have died based on the number of people that were down, like just below that area. Yep. For sure. And and that's not to, to say about the the, integri- the the structural integrity of the building. What if the building collapsed because of that? She like what she calculated the like the you know the load bearing. No, she didn't. She just exploded the guy because she was mad. Right? And this drives the whole thing of, and this is a thing that happens throughout the whole DC extended universe where the you know superheroes are gods. And I'm like fine but do they have to be shitty careless gods <laughs> like <laughs> they don't they don't care about what like yeah i'm just gonna use the utmost of my power here and explode this guy and the bank and you know hurt people down there where she could like you said they could just run to the guy and jam the the, the gun up his ass there. But, how do, but how are you gonna know she's a god without her blowing yeah. shit up i know right and also, let me just sidebar here, and I know we're going to talk more about this at the end, but what what's up with the CG in this? Like, the fight scene on the original is, is it's a cool fight scene with her going in and, like, you know, beating the crap out of everybody. But it feels like they ramped it up in speed and in power by, like, orders of magnitude, or is it just me? Um, I, I, I agree with that. I think they were trying to show how awesome Wonder Woman is with... Showing the the slow motion speed and moving and slowing it down and, and and on some level I appreciate that because historically I think we've seen a lot of movies Transformers comes to mind and I don't know why but like when you show fight scenes and you make it so fast it becomes a blur and you have no idea what's happening and so it's not enjoyable right and and so adding some slow motion here or there especially when we'll get to it talking about the Flash totally makes sense to show his abilities but. I'm not sure it needed to be used in every like so heavily in the first scene to show that Diana was super powerful. Like we don't, I don't need to show her power as speed bursts of getting to things quickly because that's the Flash's thing, and I guess Superman's thing. Which okay, but if it's everybody's thing, then is it anybody's thing? And and if it's everybody's thing, then what's the purpose of the Flash? <sighs> Comic right. relief and being a like a Tesla coil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but like electricity. I feel like, and it's been a while since I watched the other one, right? But like, I remember that fight scene being super cool and being like well done. And in this case, it's like so slow mo, super fast, slow mo, super fast to the point where it seems like, you know, Matrix reloaded levels of CG where it's like super like puppety and and disjointed and and yes. uncanny. In right? a movie that had four hours of runtime, it's fascinating to me that they want to speed that scene up. 
Yeah, and and there's no, it doesn't do anything, right? Like, I mean, does it, it make it better? It, I don't think so. No, it doesn't make it worse, but it doesn't make it better. And it just it 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 adds the question of did Wonder Woman straight up murder a guy? I mean, I'm okay with that, honestly. Uh, sure, I guess. But I but know. did she need to? murder him in a way that murdered people downstairs that had nothing to do with this <laughs> yes i think that she could have easily gotten to him and like snapped his neck broke his gun threw him against the wall threw him out the wall there's so many other ways to do it it doesn't require her blowing up a wall to yeah. prove how powerful she is and kind of and like I, what steppenwolf does when he throws people and like he throws that science or like the atlantean later on and like bust his head open in the rock yeah do it the same way yeah yeah, yeah, that that would have been completely fine. Just show the impact, how heavy the impact is, and yeah. that could have got your point across. Um, I think that would have been much better. So, yeah. so, so I agree with you on that standpoint, and that's yeah. that's really what chapter one covers. If if we go through it, we're talking about um, uh, it's Wonder Woman showing up and showing off her powers, and then we see Stephen Wolf show up and steal Mother Box number one. And at this point, we have no idea what the Mother Boxes are. Um, and we barely have any idea what Stephen Wolf is, other than a huge dude with dude with horns and uh, a glowing axe, and an armor that keeps like wiggling. Sure, I don't like that. I'm going to talk about it later, but yeah, yeah, um, please do. One one thing that I that I I also wanted to highlight is uh, you know this this is the first like it's not the first time we see uh, Wonder Woman because you know technically. If we're placing this in replacement of Joss Whedon's movie, we at least would have seen her in Batman versus Superman. Yes, but uh, this this first part starts uh, the trend of introducing too much, too much, and too many things at the same time. But we can address that later. Um, shall we? Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about part one, or should we move to part two? Listen. This is already going to be a super long podcast because we're covering four hours of content and it needs the time to, to let it breathe and us to get so pissed off about it. I mean, maybe. Uh, <laughs> For, like, foreshadowing. <laughs> honestly, there are some parts we really like, so it's not all just same, we same. hate this movie. It's it's a complex thing and it's going to take us time to, to unpack it all. So let's get to, to, to part two. Yeah. So, I mean... Here's where we get to see, you know, what what is what what's what's the problem all about, right? So we we get to see the um, the fight that happened. I, they don't even say how how far in the past. A long, long, long time in the past, where you know the gods, the Amazons, the Atlanteans fight off Darkseid's invasion. For so, sorry, for some reason, I thought it was like five thousand years ago. Is it? I don't. I don't remember. Uh, I have it that number stuck in my head. Anyways, yeah. So oh, uh, I know that that cyborg says to Barry that um, Diana is five thousand years old. But I feel that that's even older because that's before oh, then, her. yeah, that has to be way before her. But we do see her mom there. Yeah, because they, they they do say at some point that the the boxes are a billion years old or something like that. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's just a sidebar. Laura was not really watching, but she was hearing things, and she mentioned to me like. They really don't give a shit about what numbers mean in this movie, do nope. they? No, they don't. They have like no... the three point five million Kelvin thing. Yep. yep. Yeah. Didn't care. And you hear it's... later on that Dark Seeds has looking Sa through fifty thousand worlds. Sorry, Dark Side. I don't know why I keep seeing Dark Seed. Um, and like he's destroyed a hundred thousand worlds, and it's like, yeah, that seems like a lot. 
It's yeah, Dude, and then like, they, and and the sad, you know, the hand, the second henchman says, "You have to recover fifty thousand worlds." It's it's like insert large number that makes no sense here. If dark if dark side has only destroyed a hundred thousand worlds looking for this thing, how's Steppenwolf going to get fifty thousand done? I guess there's a lot more than that need to be destroyed. I don't know. I man, what do you want from me? I don't I, know. I gotta I gotta <laughs> ask you this question, and I know it's the sidebar, and we have a lot of running time, but I really want to know what do you think Steppenwolf did. That got he's, he's said so that he, pissed off. So the sad says he betrayed them, right? How? He seems like he's very sort of um like uh differential to Dark Side, right? Yeah. How, what what kind of betrayal was it? Does he sleep with Dark Side's girl or something? I don't know. I'm, i honestly that's what I think it is. Or maybe like like Dark Dark Side was like, we gotta sacrifice this this person to to like power up the world eating engine. And it's like it's Steppenwolf's like half brother, and so he like shepherds him off and saves him, replaces him with like a dummy. Yeah, and then the world <laughs> engine fails, and like mm-hmm. and, you know, and then Darkseid looks up at the sky and says, "Steppenwolf," something like yeah. that. End okay. scene. That's what okay. Happened. Good. Uh, yeah. Let's go with that because I think that makes just as much sense as anything else. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's great. So back to chapter two. Yes. So I like I like that. So here's the thing. Having this insanely long runtime did do some good for this story, but that's oh, yeah. that's also a bad thing. But we, we can cover that at the end. Right, right now it's a good thing. Yeah. So expanding that fight, that so that scene at the end, it, like at the end, sorry, at the like the, the middle, the, the 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 flashback to to the fight between you know the the Earth Defenders and Darkseid is really cool. It does do a lot more to clarify what the stakes are and what had happened as as a prelude or as like a a preview to what's going to happen in the movie i like that yep and explains how the mother birth the mother birth god wow the mother boxes got on earth i was just putting mother boxes and earth together to make mother yeah, birth. The, the mother birth yeah, yeah. um yeah. how they got on the, the planet which is really awesome it's 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 nice to see some of the historical gods i think you see uh, zeus there um that fucking CGI work to put um, Ares. Um, oh, so because he doesn't look like Ares. He looks like he's what he is, which is a British person that should probably be drinking tea. Yeah, it's just, it's like, I understand you want to reference back to the, the actor's one? name who is, is it, it's, is it David? Anyways, I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it's just the dude from Harry Potter. Anyways. Um, oh, but, that is right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, point point being is like, it looks awful. To, you didn't have to show us him putting his helmet on. You could have just like, we got, we get who Ares is. You showed a, showed us, showed him to us um, in the Wonder Woman movie, which technically doesn't exist before this. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of these things that bugs me about this movie is like, they take advantage of referencing other movies that happened after this movie at certain times. And then yeah. other times they pretend that it didn't happen. Exactly. It's very uneven. Um, and it's also very convenient. Yeah. And so this leads me to my one point about showing cameos and stuff. And I really like seeing dark side <laughs> and I really like seeing the Amazonians and the Atlanteans. <laughs> they but did your boy dirty, didn't they? Hey, Zack Snyder, fuck you <laughs> for what you did to my green lantern. Yeah, that that was that was the worst possible use of I think I've ever seen of the of Green Lantern, probably save for Ryan Reynolds movie. I you know what I think that Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie 
was a better representation of Green Lanterns than this shit that Zack Snyder that, pulled. That should say something, right? It says a lot. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever do that Green Lantern movie because I don't think we can take all that hate and boil it into one podcast. But it's just so bad that they show a Green Lantern here helping defend Earth, which is awesome. I mean, that's a great callback and it's a great reference for comic book fans. It, that, that Those are the references you really love to see. But you fucking hate to see it when they just waste it. He doesn't do anything. He shoots a green laser once and then he tries to fight Darkseid and Darkseid chops him in half or chops off his fing- hand instantaneously and his ring goes floating away as Darkseid tries to catch it. And I'm not saying he had to live. I get he had to die. But he could have done one cool thing. He could have fucking imagined up like a a bunch of like other warriors in green that trampled over some parademons. He could have imagined up like a spaceship because he's you know he not from Earth so he can think up whatever he wants to smash in some of the landing ships that Darkseid had before he fought Darkseid and died, but he didn't do fuck all. Yep, and and this is this would have been a great way of showing what the Green Lantern's power is all about, which is willpower. Yes, just showed that he could whatever he could imagine he could bring to life with the with the ring, and even if it didn't work, and it shouldn't work because Darkseid is supposed to be ridiculously powerful. That's percent his thing, right? Make, I don't know, like you said, make him make a, a, a spaceship that crashes into Darkseid and then a bunch of other heroes, like you said, just cra- like like just jumping on top of him and having Darkseid just fight them all off and destroy it and then, you know, make his way to Green Lantern and then cut his hand off and that kind of stuff, right? Sure. That just use, use if you got a superhero like Green Lantern, use him. Show him what we can do. Because, yeah, most people shouldn't have watched that Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. And that's fine. Don't watch it. But you could show what a Green Lantern could do and you can leave that mystery into people who are like, who the fuck was that guy? That is okay. That's probably better than what it, you did. It's good because if you want to do a retake on, on Green Lantern at some point, you can say, you know, look at how what this guy can do if he's yep. in control of his powers, right? 100%. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to... When I watched it, I was like, oh, Matt's going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like they did his his dude dirty. This is me watching Return of the Jedi, and, and that's how I felt with Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I 100%, I 100% get it. Like, so I got a question for you. Mm. So far, we've seen two, two parts. Uh, we've seen the mother box, one gets stolen, and we've seen uh, Zack Snyder... Show us uh, Dark Side coming to Earth and Ares chopping him up and sending him back from whence he came. And I'm not even going to question why Ares could do that. I don't know, man. Someone's got to chop him up to send him away. If it's going to be anybody, God of War makes total sense to me. Yeah, it, it shows how powerful he is, right? That he could just yeah. chop into Dark Side like that. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you think about Zack Snyder's ability to create ideas up to this point? So I, I don't think he has a problem. Like honestly, he has some interesting ideas. Like he he seems like he knows the source material at least well enough to pick on some interesting things that would translate well to the screen. I, I'll give him that. Right? Yeah. He he converts things from the comic book to <clears throat> visually at least to yeah. movies in a very interesting way. The thing is, he wastes his time. So he he comes yes. he he throws this idea up right. And then he just lets it fall where it may without weaving it. Like, so he, we talked about JJ in the past where he creates a bunch of <laughs> mysteries and doesn't solve them. So yeah. Zack Snyder throws in a bunch of ideas and hope they stick without weaving them together, without, he spends a lot of time 
on the cool visual ooh ah part of it, but not yeah. in the how does this serve the rest of the story and how do they does those ideas weave together? He, yeah. he just the fucking doesn't care about that. Yeah, it's it's he he gets the large piece of the idea how it weaves together. So like in the first part where we see Dark Side not dark side sorry uh steppenwolf get the mother box okay that makes sense for the movie you need the plot of him collecting all the mother boxes awesome but how he gets there he doesn't give a fuck about any of the other rules or logic or or characters that are put in place to yeah. build that 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 scene he's just like i want this to happen fuck everything else that happens and Damn the consequences yeah, yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say and, and yeah. you're gonna see it later on in the movie where he just does things in service of the one thing he wants like he doesn't need to shit on the other things that have come before him some of it's stuff he did himself some of the stuff is done by other people um but it's just it's just a weird way to approach a movie where you want something so bad that you don't don't weave a world that is complete. And I think that's one of the differences you'll find between these movies and the Marvel movies is that so much of the stuff that goes on in the Marvel world is just in service of building up that world and making it larger and, and everything connecting. Building characters too, right? Sometimes things happen in a movie that get referenced in another movie with Marvel where it's like, oh, so that's why. And, and they do it in a way where you go, okay, so that's a personality trait. I'm okay with that, right? And then later on, it shows up and you go, okay, so now this is why I expected this character to do because it was already set up in that previous movie or even prior in this movie it was set up that this is how it is, the guy is or the, the person is or the woman is, whoever it is. And okay, oh, that makes sense that they react this way, right? Whereas in this case, a lot of the, and you know, you know me, I'm, I'm a, like, I think more than you, I care a lot about character development. Not that you don't, but like, it's it's my thing, right? And I, I don't see that in, in, in Zack Snyder's, in the DC Extended Universe movies. Like, it's there's very little character development. It's, like you said, it's in service of, I need this to happen. So this is what's going to happen. And yeah. but you go, what about, you know, that other thing? Oh, forget it. That was just the thing. So can you just, because I think people are going to get this twisted and I don't want them to. Can you roughly explain the difference between character backstory and background versus character building? So, sure, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so, the, you know, character background is how the character... So we see, we never, we very rarely see a character in the beginning of their life because it makes no sense. Just as a sidebar here, what if we, we jump into chapter three and we can, you can have this conversation with like, because in chapter sure. three, we get both the flash and cyborg sort of stories. That's a good idea. I, I can talk about it with cyborg yeah. more than yeah. with, because with flash. so, so let's do it this way. Talk yeah. about the flash. Cause I know he's also your guy. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll talk about the, the problems that obviously the problems because this is me the problems <laughs> that i had with how you know the stuff that with cyborg was then yeah so you can talk about cyborg's backstory and how it relates to his character growth because i think there's yeah. are, are different things so okay so chapter three sorry part three we get into and we have really the focus here is we see the flashes a bit of the flashes backstory not even his backstory just like set up to the flash to let you know who he is and what he's about um listen i really love the flash in this movie because he really breaks out of that just overall broodiness and dour sadness that <laughs> is so pervasive in the rest of the movie we didn't even talk about it but i gotta mention it here because if you watch this movie you know what i'm talking about we see aquaman really early in the movie talking with uh ben affleck um as bruce wayne and they have a conversation about ben affleck's trying to find aquaman right trying to put his team together great and then at the end of it aquaman's like 
nah, dog, I'm not joining your stupid team. And then he dives into the ocean while a bunch of Norwegian, Scandinavian women sing. Uh, Icelandic, yeah. Icelandic, yeah. Icelandic women sing and sniff his sweater. I I was so cringed out about that. It was like, whoa, bro, what are you doing? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. And so I I bring this up because I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? And... (laughs) And but it's like it's to add that gra- like so much gravitas and weight to like Aquaman and how it's hard to be Aquaman and how it's hard to stay away. And it's like, bro, okay, we get it. Like, and that's Zack Snyder's overall problem with this movie is he just there's so much of it. And I think for me, that's why the Flash is a revelation because the Flash is able to escape a lot of it. And at times, his nervous, chatty, jokey character can be a bit much. But overall, it's nice to see someone having fun in the movie and like enjoying the movie. Yeah, and and that's what I really love about the Flash. These movies, all of them, but this one in particular, they're just like it's almost like a rainy day where you're stuck outside and you can't go inside to warm up. You yeah, just have like, to stand in the rain. So many times, like at the beginning of the movie, they show Lois Lane is going to visit the the shattered monument to to Superman, right? And I don't have a problem showing Lois Lane. I think she has a role to play in this movie, and I, it's good to see where she's at. But everything is always the saddest. The rain yeah. is coming, and it's dark outside and it's broody or there's a winter storm in Iceland. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, uh, like rainy and cold and miserable and windy and you, there's no shelter. Then your life is just miserable. That's yeah. <laughs> this is the mood of this movie. And so it's really fun to see the flash just yeah. being, just enjoying himself being like in awe of being with these superheroes and these, these gods. And I, you know, is having the focus of, Superheroes are gods, a great one for this movie. I don't know. I think it's a choice. Um, and I'm not sure if I like it overall. And if, But if that's the choice you want, that's fine. But the idea that every god has the exact same reaction to me is where I, I get put off in this movie. And and so when you see The Flash, and I'll just talk a little bit about what you see here, is he's, he's trying to get a job. Um, and, and long story short, he's flirting with a woman who turns out to be a spoiler as Iris West, which you would never know that that's Iris West, which is I didn't thing. even know. It's just Honestly. a woman in a car, right? Like, yeah. no big deal. Um, and so, you know, they're flirting and she's like checking him out and that's all fun. And then she almost gets hit by a truck because the guy's trying to gra- grab a sandwich and the Flash runs out and, and saves her. And, you know, it's nice to see like he busts out of his shoes because he's that fast and the lightning moving around him. And this is where slow motion is very, very effective in, in the idea that it shows how much faster he's moving than, than everybody else. And I actually appreciate that he sort of pauses and is checking out the woman and, you know, kind of, just just enjoying himself with his powers and like the hot dog sausages the, the hot dog sausages look creepy as fuck and yes and it's just i was why? like why yeah but the thing that gets me about this and the thing that brings me it brings me out of this is that it's like oh like this is him meeting the love of his life and we've got the super sappy romantic love song in the background it's like holy shit dude everything doesn't have to be a major thing in a movie well, I didn't even know that that was Iris West, honestly. I, I was like, oh, it's, you know, a woman that he saves. He's the Flash. Of course, he would save her, right? So to me, the, the whole soundtrack, and this is throughout the movie too, the, movie, the, the, the song choices in this are so weird and disjointed sometimes. They right? treat you like you're a fucking moron. It's like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, need exactly. to know this is the love of his life. And uh, we see another time where Aquaman's like going to dive off a pier. And it's like, you need to know that he's a king that is struggling to understand. And the lyrics are saying exactly what you need to think. And it's just like, holy shit, bro. Well, even even 
Wonder Woman's like wailing lament oh, thing. God. Every time she shows is that like, ah, like I don't need that. Yeah. Like once, sure, when it's a dramatic point, but like it's like if it seems like if he doesn't put that song there, we don't know. It's Diana almost. I mean, I we don't know she's an Amazonian. I think I'm pretty sure with who she is and what she can do and where she comes from. I'm not going to forget she's Greek. Nope. Okay. Just you leave don't, it alone. You don't know this because she has never been in a standalone movie. Well, yeah. Well, is, is Wonder Woman not before this? Wonder Woman is 2017. Oh, yeah. she, you're right. It's, she's, she shows up at the end of uh, Batman versus Superman. You're correct. I think I think technically the movie comes out just before this one because uh, Justice League, the original release for Justice League is November 15th, 2017. And Wonder Woman looks like it released in June of 2017. So I guess technically she already had her own standalone movie. So we really should know who the fuck she is. Which just makes it worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with you on the, the you know, it, it, the way that Barry West behaves. Uh, he, it's, it's Barry Allen, sir. Is it Allen? Yeah, it's Barry Allen, and Iris West is his love interest. Why did I think it was West? Whatever. I don't care about the names of DC heroes, honestly. Like the 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 the, the actual identities, I know very few of them. You know what? Fuck you. For all the yeah. fans out there that care a great a great <laughs> amount, fuck you. I, I'll take it. I, it's fine. I should okay. be more interested in. It. But like, yeah. um So Barry Allen, yeah. Sorry, you're right. Barry Allen flows up a lot better. Um, I like that he is the spark of color in the darkness that is the rest of this movie i think it's necessary uh it is a bit much it gets cringy to some point i guess it's fine like it it's that's nothing wrong necessarily with someone being a cringe fest as a person we i know that i know a few people that are cringe fest as people so mm-hmm. it's fine mm-hmm. um i i do agree though that this is again everything is a grandstand in this movie right even that scene yes. with with iris west right so yeah um one thing that i wanted to say that i really like that i hope it goes on in the future movies is that little scene it's a little thing where uh um bruce wayne and, and diana prince see i know their names uh wow well batman and wonder woman are uh looking at you know something on the computer and they both reach out for the mouse and they touch hands and it's like a little awkward thing. And there's a lot of like Batman and Wonder Woman sort of shipping that happens in DC and they get together to some point, I, I believe. So I hope they move that Listen, forward. Listen, everybody gets together with everybody in DC, so don't worry. I know, I know. It's so insane. <laughs> but anyway, I like, the, I like that pairing, uh, Batman and Wonder Woman together as, as a pair. And I hope they move that forward. It's not just like a little awkwardness thing. I really like that. It was, was one of the things that I went, oh, that's nice. That That's a nice touch. See, this is one, one that is done well. Because then if Batman and, and Wonder Woman start start getting kind of like closer together uh, in, in f- further movies, it's not out of the blue. There is there is a thing there, right? As small as it is. Okay. Let All me right. get into this. Yeah, okay. So I just I will spoil it with everybody. Uh, Luciano yeah, strap, is now going to talk in. to you about <laughs> Cyborg. And character <laughs> development and uh, character backstory. So get yourself a beer, sit in a nice, quiet, safe space. Here it comes. <laughs> okay. So we also see in this part, in part three, the backstory for Cyborg. So we meet him and we we get to see how he came to be, right? There's the 
the scene that we, so we get we get a whole bunch of stuff together we get that he used to be a, a college uh, football player that his mom used to cheer him on that his dad was absent and we get possibly what is the most dramatic football scene in the history of movies even in other movies that are about football that whole scene with him scoring the touchdown is as dramatic as you know later on the flash rewinding time which is uh, bad yeah well it, i mean <clears throat> Zack Snyder's defense mm. every scene in the movie is as dramatic as the football touchdown scene yeah, that's actually a good way of putting it because which one which one is the benchmark here? Is it, you know, yes. if, if the touchdown is this dramatic, where are you going to go with the, the touchdown you, is as dramatic as his mom and him basically being killed in a car accident. It's more because it's fa- the the scene with with them in the car, which is, you know, for all for all the pro- problems that we have in this movie, um the movie is well cast. I don't care what people say. Ben Affleck is a good Batman. I think I don't remember his name, but the actor that does uh, Victor uh, Stone is does a fantastic Ray, job of playing Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher, that's right. Yeah, he does a fantastic job playing. You know, a, a somewhat too broody version of Cyborg. I don't remember him being this this sad and 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 brooding in the comics, but I could be wrong. Is Cyborg is not my you know sure. Hero of Not choice. Guy. I'm going to say this here because I don't know where else to put it. Mm. Making Cyborg 100%, well, sorry, 94.375% CGI'd was a choice. And and what I mean by a choice is it was a very <laughs> stupid choice. It looks yes. awful. It look, yeah, there's a lot of CG problems with this. And I think I, I'd rather address this at the end because there's a lot. Like, why do the gods on, on, on part two, why do the, the Greek gods all have burning hands? I don't know. So yeah, so we get to see the dr- the most dramatic touchdown of all time and of all space and of all space and time, um, and then we see the the accident where they get killed and you know Cyborg or Victor back then um, gets you know most of his body destroyed and then his dad in a, in a fit of like Victor Frankenstein thing, um, he just. Is that you know what? I have failed my son for his entire life, but now that he's almost dead, and you know, apparently somehow he blames his dad. Like, oh, if you were there, she wouldn't have died. I don't know how that would be the case. I think if he was there, they would all have died, unless he means that he wouldn't have died or she wouldn't have died because they wouldn't be fighting in the car, and so she would have been able to pay attention to. The- I don't know why why that's the case. Whatever. Whatever the case may be, he blames them. It's like, okay, so I failed you for my whole life, so now I'm going to bring you back to life. I'm not going to let you die. Okay, I guess that's that's uh, that's the line he decided to draw in the sand there. Sure. And then we see him use the mother box to restore him to life somehow. I get that he's like a Xeno technology specialist. I guess that's how he's... Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use this thing that I have no idea how it works to, you know, try to bring back my son to life. What could possibly go wrong? Hey, I got to ask this question here because mm. you're right at the point where this happens. And I think it was very different in the Joss Whedon version. But so he he sees his son in the hospital and the doctor's like, I'm sorry, your, your wife's dead and your son's 
going die to as die. Well. Yeah. How do we get from a son's going to die to him having like chopped off most of his son's body and hung it up on a rack? And how was he alive with the with his body chopped off entirely like that? I like he looks like he had his whole body. So when we saw him in the hospital, so how did he lose all that stuff? What happened there? Did his dad just like carve him up? Yeah, it's like, oh, this part is bad. You know, like when you're making steak and you pick up yeah. the piece of meat and like you take off some of the fat and some of like the cartilage. That's what okay. he did. It's like, oh, this is a bad steak. Let's cut this off. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Again, another one of those. I just need this to be the thing. I'm going to just throw it in there. This yeah. is another example of that, right? Yeah. And like... That, just the one last thing is like, you know, when, when he gets his powers and then he l starts learning about his powers and he has this long ass sequence about him learning about his powers and what he can do with that, you know, poor lady that's going to get evicted and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he just gives her money. Like, I don't mind any of that, him, him using his powers to help people, even if it's in a weird way. Like, it's fine, right? Honestly, uh, I, I'm going to, you know, like, there's a lot going on in the news uh, about uh, Ray Fisher and his treatment by Joss Whedon in general from Warner Brothers. And, you know, it seems like where the smoke there's fire. So it seems like he has some credibility to his statements, especially with all the stuff that's gone on with Joss Whedon since. But even stepping back, I mentioned that because I want to acknowledge it, but stepping away from that and just stepping back to building a movie, like I get why Joss Whedon would have chopped out a character, but it was really stupid to chop out Cyborg because all of this backstory that Zack Snyder includes it's really meaningful to understanding who Cyborg is as a character and why he exists and what he's going to do in the future. Yeah, so this is actually a good segue to what you asked me before about talking about you know character background and character development and character evolution. So <clears throat> even if I hate the fact that this is yet another broody, sad, day-in-the-rain character, I think out of everybody that we see in this movie he is the one that has the most reason to be as fucked up as he is because you see, and this is going into character background. So he, his father was absent, right? And he, his mother obviously tried to cover and couldn't. And then the, like the, the uh, apex of that, you know, absenteeism, let's or like that of that absence, it's probably better in a way to put it is him seeing his mother die and his dad try to almost buy back his mistakes with, oh, I'm going to save your life no matter what. Yeah. Right. And so that's a good way. It's If, if it's somewhat hidden, uh, like it's hitting us in the head and Zack Snyder loves to hit us in the head over with things. Right. But even if it's very blunt, it's, it makes sense. Right. He feels abandoned. And then he feels that that abandonment caused him his cost him his mother, which was the one person that was there for him all the time in his whole life. And so that makes sense for him to to be that angry and to be the way that he is with his dad, right? He feels like a monster, and he feels like his dad did that to assuage his own guilt versus trying to actually make things right. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's all good, I think. You know, it does a good job of explaining um, how he got to be the way that he is, right? Yeah. But then we get to character development. And, and we, we see, you know, Diana go after him. They find him and she pings him and he's like, meet me here in an hour or whatever it is to show that he has all of these 
technological powers, which is cool. I think yep. expanding on those, mm-hmm. even if they're kind of underused until the very end with the mother boxes, but we'll get there. Um, well, actually, no. In this version, it's not that underused. It's more underused in 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 other in the other version, right? You but see like, more of him in in this version. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So. Um, she goes there and she goes, yeah, we need your help because shit's coming. And he goes like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Fuck you. I don't have to help you. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. And if you need me, well, you're shit out of luck. Bye. And he just flies away. And after, after a while, you know, we don't see it in this part, but he comes back. And there's no real reason why he comes back. I guess it's supposed to be, yeah, he helps that woman, so he has a good heart, which we know he has a good heart. He's not, he's not like an evil guy. Like a, a person who's bad would just have killed his dad. Sure. Right? Would not yep. have just not tolerated him. And so, but then this is again something you touched on, or maybe I touched on. I don't know. We've talked a lot. Um, and I'll wrap this up. So it doesn't, it's not just like a, a ridiculously overly long rant, just a long rant. Um, he, there's no reason for him to team up when he was so clearly feeling like he needed to be alone. Right? And, and so it's it's a little thrown in all. We have to have Cyborg join in because he is one of the most important people there because he's the only one that can interact with the mother boxes. So we have to just throw it in. So there's the character background, the, the, the backstory is well built, but then the evolution of the character and the, and the, the development of it so that we can understand his actions within the movie is is thrown in and this is a lot this happens a lot with all of the other characters you know even in batman versus superman it happens with you know batman is like oh my god his mother is martha and whatever so now i'm going now i was being a dick so now i owe him and this plays into this movie right oh you know i did him dirty so now i have to make it up to him right so I don't know if that did a good job of explaining what the difference is and wh- how he did, like, Zack Snyder did one very well and one very poorly in this movie. Yeah, I, I think, no, I think you, you explained it pretty well. Um, I think Cyborgs is there, but but I think this speaks to an overall larger problem that we see really come to come to focus in, in part four. And it's the idea that there's there's just a little bit too much going on. I want to say a little bit, there's a lot bit too much going on. Because, a whole lot, yes. And, and I... I I want to be clear here. I don't think this is Zack Snyder's fault. Um, one of the reasons why this movie blossomed to a four-hour movie is to tell a fully realized story. And while I disagree with some of the choices he made or how he structures or presents that story, I guess is a better way in terms of, you know, everything's a, a scene amongst itself and everything has the super heavyweight gravitas and all that nonsense. If you're going to tell a story that makes sense and you can watch all the way through, you need enough time to explain what the fuck is going on, who these people are and why they're doing it. And he does a good job of that. I would honestly say that if you have to watch a Justice League movie, watch the four-hour one. Don't watch the two and whatever many hours that Whedon made that went to the theater. because it's 100%. 100%. But, but, and so I think it's Warner Brothers' fault for the idea that we need to make a Justice League movie when we've basically shown you – we'll give him credit for Wonder Woman because she came out just before – and she was in Batman versus Superman. We've mm-hmm. shown you half of the Justice League. So we got to explain all the rest of the Justice League to you. We also have to have to explain Steppenwolf, what the mother boxes are. We're going to explain to you what Dark Side is. We're going to explain to you the anti-life equation, which is going to come up shortly. Um, we're going to explain to you uh, 
Um, that the gods know, were real and the Atlanteans are real? Yeah, all that's real. And this is how we got to this point. They fought each other way back in time. We're going to explain to you everybody's three different people's like, so the backstories have to dig into the backstories. Even Aquaman, sorry. You know, like we haven't covered Aquaman's backstory, but we have to do all of that stuff. And now we're making time for him to talk to Willem Dafoe because of reasons that, you know, you know, reasons. And, and so it's just like some of it's really needed to tell the story. And, and I don't think it's Zack Snyder's fault, but I still think he's a little too indulgent. You know, I loved seeing J.K. Simmons as as uh, Jim Gordon. Jim yeah. Gordon, just Chef's Kiss. I love J. J.K. Simmons is just a really good actor in general. Yeah, no, and I I love his like ugh, when he, they disappear. It's Great, like, oh, I, I'm so done with this shit. I love that, but he, he was wasted. He was wasted. He I shouldn't. None of that should have happened. You could have yeah. chopped that out. Seeing yeah. Martha show up at all in this movie doesn't make sense. Yep. Right. And, 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 and it serves no purpose. Right. And that kind of bleeds into the, the big reveal of Martian Manhunter. I, you know, awesome. Great reveal. Love seeing Martian Manhunter. I thought it was an interesting way to use it. Um, getting Lois back on her feet, getting her into the movie. That makes sense because you're going to need her later. But man, was that CGI brutal. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and just fuck me with the CGI. But the point about Martha is you could have just shown her there and, and no other time in the movie. We didn't need to see her any other time. And yep. it's those little add-ons that just make it like those Snyder struggles a bit with like how extraneous he should go or how much larger he should go with the movie than, than versus I need to show this to make sure it makes sense. Well, you know, it's so, it's so gratuitous. The amount of things that has to be, it's not gratuitous. Like it's so overwhelming, I guess the the amount of things that need to be clarified in this movie that you know, you see that there's that scene where they go rescue Silas, right? Uh, Victor's dad, and uh, Barry Allen learns about Atlanteans. He learns about Parademons. He learns about Steppenwolf. He learns about um, Amazons, I guess. He learns about uh, Mother Boxes, all in the span of what, ten minutes, fifteen, yep. maybe. And he, the, he, even he, even the character in the movie doesn't have time to react to all of that. He has to just swallow it and move on. There's no like, wait, what? Atlanteans are real? What are you talking about? There's there's no time for that, right? And and another thing, you, you touched on it, right? The 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 anti-life equation thing that, that happens here too when Steppenwolf runs away like a little bitch when he gets his ass sort of kicked. Yep. And he gets called, I guess, by the mother box. And he touches it. And yeah, he, he gets a vision. cell phone call. Yeah. And he sees that vision that we see, the, the same... Which is a cool visual, uh, you know, hitting the ground and seeing the the equation there. Yeah. Um, and then it's very contrived to say, "Hey, Dark Side, remember you were looking for that anti-life equation that you had seen in the past in the only one of the hundred thousand worlds that you've destroyed, the one that you didn't destroy that you conveniently forgot." Oh, I found it. So all of that just having to cram so much into the the movie to make the story make sense and then having no time for it to flow like an actual story it's 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 less of a story and more of like a list of bullet points of things that happen that nobody has time to react to so like all of that even the whole you know they get together the five of them finally and then aquaman is like yeah how do we know you're not working from them how does that even make sense like there's no reason for that contention there is no um stakes there because it's not like they were super good friends and now they're fighting right it's just like they're at odds with each other but then later on we have to accept that they would just learn how to fight together and 
Aquaman accuses Cyborg of working with them for some reason. And then <laughs> at the end, when they're fighting them and he rescues him from falling, he goes, my man. Like, I, w- there's no there's no segue from one to the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's just... It, it, <clears throat> they packed three... Well, let's see. They packed an Aquaman movie, a Flash movie, a Cyborg movie, and two Justice League movies into this one movie. Yeah, yeah. In, that's in that, my eyes. Yeah, that could have easily been at least the, even just this one could have been easily two three hour movies. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And this is going to segue into Chapter Five because I think one of the biggest flaws this movie has is the the choice that Zack Snyder made because he's in charge of this universe to kill Superman and Batman versus Superman. Yeah, because that was a really it was a choice and and it's a really hard choice when you're trying to put the justice league together because it really sets a weird pacing on the movie and what our understanding of superman is and so he tries to make up for it right he tries to make up for it by by fucking just like drilling the allegory of superman as jesus into our brains as oh, hard as humanly boy. possible don't get me started oh, you know what get me started on this go ahead uh, and i'll, I'll i've started I'll you i've started the motor run <laughs> That's it. It's uh, so it's bad enough, and this is something I talked about in the previous podcast when we were talking about Marvel versus DC. Right? It's bad enough that Superman is is so powerful to the point of being boring. Yep. But then, do you have to drill? It's not even a drill. It's like taking a giant sledgehammer and hitting us over the head over and over and over again to say. Hey, did you see that allegory? Did you? Did you? Did you? Hey, Superman's hey, Jesus? Did you? Just, just so I can make sure I understand what you're saying correctly. Would you say it's like taking two bracers and slamming them together to drive a human being to death through a wall of stone? That, yeah, but that, all in our harshly, brains. Yes, but directly yes. into my brain. Okay. Yes, got it. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Okay. It's a, it's a Amazonian bracelet slap over our heads. Love, love. You hate to see that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it would be the last thing you ever saw, but yeah, mm-hmm, probably. And so, and and even like the whole thing. So the whole start of this part is like a fifteen or almost twenty minute sequence of getting basically the you know Superman's corpse from <laughs> his grave. It's a tough look, honestly, for this movie. It's like the movie isn't sad enough already. Now they're grave ro- grave robbers. Yeah, no, and then the whole like, yeah, we're grave robbers, but we won't do this in a nanosecond. It's not right. Let's dig him up with shovels when, you know, you have the fastest thing in the universe and a cyborg that could probably just laser lift the... the, No, no, no. Let's do it with shovels because it makes sense. Also, Batman is too good to be there. He's too rich (laughs) and he's too much of a, you know, a thing. It's like, you guys go rob the grave. I I have no part in this. I'm just going to stay in my cave. (laughs) It's clearly, they clearly realize there's too much Batman in the movie for a movie that's supposed to be about the Justice League. Yes. But they remove Batman at the dumbest times all the time. Yeah. Why was Diana there? I don't know. Why was Aquaman there? Um, somebody's got to drive the car. Also, how did they go in and just rob a grave and nobody does anything about it? You know what? Whatever. Don't don't even bother with that because they have so many questions on like sounds and things. Like when they show up to to visit Steppenwolf, they all do the loudest jump over that chasm humanly possible and no one fucking notices them there. As they, like, <laughs> It's just some of that yeah. stuff. I'm just like, it's a movie. I don't care. Right? Like it's just, yeah, yeah. For it, sure. is, yeah. it, it is what it is. 
But then, they, so like it's this overly long sequence. Even the countdown from five to zero that that Cyborg does for um, five minutes, <laughs> it feels like if it's not longer. Yeah, for for um, uh, Flash to build up enough energy to to jumpstart the box, right? Even that is so overly dramatic and dragged, and it doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't make it feel like. A, like a dramatic point. It just makes it feel like it's, I am landing extreme gravitas to something that didn't need this extreme gravitas. And it, this is all in service of what you said, of the the whole allegory of Superman being Jesus. He, he right? hammers it home so harshly with the allegory that, or just like the, the, the gravitas to the situation. It's like Superman's buried with a picture of his dad, which weird, it's only his dad, but maybe his fiance or yeah. maybe his mom, but whatever. And and they take all the care and special things of robbing his grave and then they just throw him into the water with his fucking dad's picture and don't give a fuck about it. It's like, uh, I know I'm being nitpicky, but it's just like, again- It's not a nitpick. It's not because it's, it, they fi- it figures prominently enough because if it just showed that he had the picture there in his hands, right? And didn't show what it was or just showed in passing, sure. But it's it's it it is the focus of that shot of the mother box dropping into that pool of goo, whatever the fuck that is. It looks like shit water. It's brown. It just, is it's it like brown? Si- it's like an orangey. I don't know. It, it maybe, looks like maybe sewage. it's like maybe it's like fajitas shit water. I, is, <laughs> is, is that better? No, it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it like the picture of Jonathan Kent sinking into the goo is the focus of the shot. Because yep. the rest is happening in the back. So it is not a nitpick to say that it is, It's again, it's the sledgehammer. Oh, he cared so much about his dad. What about his mom? Why would you not, you know, and, and the whole thing happening, you know, with it, the counting down and then Cyborg in between one and zero, he sees a whole flashback or a flash forward, I guess, of what the future will be with Diana with the pennies in her eyes and the Justice League all fucked up and Honestly, Superman I, carrying. I thought, Batman's I thought that was going to be well. I thought that was going to be Batman's nightmare scenario that we've heard about, but it's it wasn't even that, which confused no. the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, it was just Cyborg seeing what the future would be if the mother boxes were activated. That's it, which doesn't need to happen. No, it does not. And also, the way that it happens in the in in the end, because they do get activated, is completely different from what he sees. Yep. So then, what gives, right? And then, okay, good. Superman wakes up. Jesus is back from the dead, right? Because sure he can't drive that point home enough. No, nope, don't worry. He stands like he's on a cross when he raises up. Yup. <laughs> you stole my point, but that's exactly <laughs> it, right? <laughs> Yeah. So Jesus rises up from the cross in a cross, and then he doesn't remember who he is. He does remember he hates Batman, though. And Batman is Batman. So let me ask you this: Is Batman Judas in this thing? Okay. Because he's all contrite about you know show, betraying show Jesus, right? Uh, yeah. Um... No, <laughs> only because he has a greater point. My grasp on, on Judas is light because I don't give a fuck, but I feel like Judas just betrays him because he's jealous of Jesus, right? Yeah. And Batman isn't jealous of Superman. Batman knows so, I, he Oh, I know, I know what it is. He's not Judas. He's Longinus. 
Okay. The guy, yeah. the, the, the guy with the, with the stick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because he had a stick. Oh, I hadn't even realized this. On Batman vs. Superman, he challenges him. Like, he, he, he has a, a kryptonite tip uh, at, the, yeah. at the tip of a, of, a la- of a lance, right? There you go. Nailed it. Yikes. Okay, I did not want to realize this. But anyway, so he, he remembers Luginus that stabbed him with the, with the thing. <laughs> it wasn't him, though. It was, it was Doomsday. Whatever. Let's yeah. leave that alone. Let's okay. leave the analogy alone. We'll right? get to the, we're going to get to that movie. Yeah, and then, but he does remember Lois, and so love conquers all. Sure, I. I but he doesn't care about destroying shit. So no, no, no. He no. he almost he probably if he doesn't kill, he almost kills the 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 the, the army people that are there with his like um, heat vision, right? And he throws things around and he tries to kill people and blah, 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 blah. And then on part six, when, when we see him fly with Lois to Kansas back, you know, again, to Smallville, he's like, he has his memory back for some reason, but he doesn't give a shit. He's like, oh, I almost killed all those people. Eh, I'm just going to look serene here. So, so this, is, this is a couple of questions here that we need mm. to unpack. Um, so we bring Superman back from the dead. Why is Superman mad? Period. I didn't yeah. quite catch that. I know they say we shouldn't do this because it's Motherbox thinks it's bad, and so maybe that's the in- insinuation there that that he's evil because the Motherbox made him evil. Even though Cyborg is a very detailed description that it's not good or evil earlier on. Yep. So I'm a little confused on that. You're right. He doesn't. He comes up just trying to murder, basically. Maybe not trying to murder, but not holding back to the point where he tries definitely tries to murder Batman. Um, oh yeah, and and he is like, you know, he wakes up and he's like confused, and then Cyborg. Oh, it's my auto defense array. So he has control over any computer, any anything, anything yeah. that, but not his own that body. Looks, that scene played fine in in the original Justice League, where we didn't know shit about Cyborg. Exactly. But now that we know so much about Cyborg, that's just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, he's like, oh, I can't stop it. But why? Yeah, that is. Are you yeah. not in control of your? It powers was better then? when I didn't know what his powers were. So, like, I guess he doesn't know his powers. But now I know what they are. I'm like, yeah, you should definitely be able to stop that. Yeah. So, my other it, question in this the scenario, whole thing is contrived, is what? I yeah. Mean. I guess uh, just to skip ahead because we're well, we're at an hour. We're not doing bad actually. No, we're not. Um, my other question about this scene is: is I thought when in the Joss Whedon version, Batman had stashed Lois Lane, and in Eddie? this one. I thought he did. And in this one, she was just in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He, he he says bring her. Yeah, you're right. You're correct. Uh, if I remember correctly, he calls, he calls her because there's the whole Lois is the key or whatever, which clearly in this yeah. one, they changed why. But, but yeah, you're right. Because they really harken back to the Lois is the key thing later on. and then Well, but that's going to be for the nightmare thing. Right, um, but so but she dies, and then apparently Lois Lane dies, turns Superman evil. We're going to well, talk about it later. But that's yeah. the that's the injustice storyline. Yeah, I know, I know, but that's a completely different way the way it's done. In- yeah, yeah. Anywho, um, so the the point I guess the question I'm asking this is because I think that honestly, Joss Whedon's version was better in this case. Yes, I Which just saying something like the. So my thing about Batman is the thing about I know about Batman, and this is me taking this from the comic books, and so maybe that's unfair. The movie gets to decide who Batman is, but Batman has a plan. Batman always has a plan. Yes. That's Batman's thing. And so the fact that the only reason they survive this is because Lois Lane just happened to be bringing coffee to that cop is like, oh yeah, I hadn't even realized you're it, right. It's yeah. like it's um, it's Zack Snyder again. 
Yeah, Zack Snyder really wants Lois Lane's love story with Superman to be his grounding point. And so the idea that she shows up and visits him every day, like I understand that, but I don't know, like that doesn't have to be used here because it's just a bit weird that this all happened at the same time. It's, you know it's, what? The luck is just like... They could have shown that she was around like or in her apartment or whatever, looking out, right? And then that apartment could be in a, in a place where she could look out at the monument and, and, and stuff and something like that. And that she sees what's happening and then she rushes there. Yeah. But that I would guess, have been better than she just by luck being there. I guess, no, I guess they do show when Superman's resurrected, everybody sees the beam of white light come out of the ship, right? Yeah, but then show show me that she... Oh, she does She's, see it. She okay, does yeah, see fair it. Enough, fair like, enough, fair I, enough. You know what? I'm, I'm, it's fine. Okay. There's a reason for her to be there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's just... We're, we're being unfair. You're right. We're being yeah. unfair. I think it's fine. I like the idea that Batman had prepared it better because I just... That's Batman's MO, but... It works better as Batman, yeah. But story-wise, it works. It's not It's not out of place. So forget, forget that then. Yeah. It was lucky that she was there after not... It is lucky that she was there to see the beam of light, but then for her to rush over is not, you know, like because she she hadn't been there for a while because she had stopped going, and then you know the Martha Manhunter sh shows up, yeah, and says you get need to get back to the world of the living. <laughs> nice, by the way, I'm Martha Manhunter. <laughs> Very well done. Yeah, and then and then she's like, yeah, you know, she's right. I'm gonna go bring the coffee again and go look at the monument because I don't want to forget. That's all fine. Yep. And then, but then it's, you know what? It's fine. It's, it's a little lucky that she was there, but it's okay. It's not as bad as just, she just happening to be there for no reason. I still like, like you said, I still like it better. Yes. If, if it was Superman had her as like a backup plan. Right. I, it's yeah. fine. It, it, the story, they lead the story up. They spend a lot of time in different parts of the story making sure that she's going to be there. Fine. But it, I just like the other way better. So that's, I think that's, that's the end of that, that conversation there. Um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, there's that whole thing and they fly away. Yeah. And so just to close this Superman is Jesus yeah. thing and we can move on. Like, <clears throat> I don't like it as a, as a, as a thing on its own. It's unnecessary to make that that connection, but if you're gonna do it, you know, be subtle about it. it. Not every scene that shows Superman needs to be him with like a bright light behind him and doing a cross symbol with his body. <laughs> yeah, but it's, Zach, it's just it's just calling is dumb. Yeah, but Zack Snyder thinks we're dumb. Well, clearly, yeah. The whole movie is him thinking we're dumb. And we won't get the symbolism and the, the themes he's trying to put down. Yeah, and you know what's worse? The symbol, like I said, the symbolism doesn't mean anything. So what? So what if he's Jesus? But what does that matter? Yeah. So who's who's God in that scenario? Superman's only Jesus. Yeah, and and is Lois Mary Magdalene? That I don't know. Like the, the the symbolism just breaks down. Yeah, right? it's 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 it, again, it's an example of Zack Snyder having a good idea but not being able to implant that idea into a, a story in a meaningful way. Like Superman is Jesus. All right. Well, what do you got? And it's just like Superman's Jesus. I'm like, okay. And that relates because Superman's Jesus. I'm like, no, you didn't, you're not, you're not doing anything with that. Like who cares if he's Jesus? If yeah, you're not going to like, what's the point of him being yeah. Jesus? Like, what, what does it change? Superman's Jesus though. He's our savior. Yeah. Right. And that, that's, and that's, this is something I, I might want to talk about in a completely different like series, 
But this really drives home the point of, you know, depending on how you present superheroes, it can be a really toxic thing. I, I think of like, you know, everybody else is just cattle and then the important ones save us. The, the powerful ones, the chosen ones, they save us. That can be a really bad take, right? And we can talk about this in a completely separate like discussion. Sure. But you, we don't, like, it's bad enough that he wants all the heroes to be extremely powerful and all of them are, right? No, all not, of the heroes really. are, they're not? I mean, like, there's us, we're, we're negative a billion. And then, and then all the other superheroes that aren't Superman and aren't Batman, because Batman's like us. So Batman's like, if we're negative one billion, Batman is negative a thousand. Nah, negative like a million. Okay. And then like most of the other superheroes are like ten, and then Superman's like infinity, a quadrillion. Yeah, inf yeah, infinity. No, yeah, but that. So, so the, what I mean is not in relation to to Superman only. I mean, okay. in, like the Flash can reach the speed, like, reach and surpass the speed of light. Right. Um, yeah. Cyborg can basically do whatever he fuck he wants with technology. Correct, sir. And so on and so forth. Right. And that that's a a take. I don't know if I like it. Like uh, you know, it, but it's it's fine as a take. Even the comics have done that. Right. There, yep. There's a reason why it's called the Gods Among Us. Right. But but then do something with it. You know what I mean? Not you know not not just hammers over the head with it. And then leave it alone as like, yeah, Superman's the chosen one. Doesn't matter how powerful the other heroes are. He's the only one that can save us. Then then what's the point of a Justice League? You ducked the Superman problem by killing him. But then you bring it back and hit, over, yeah. hit us over the head about how much more powerful he is. And it's just like, what do you want, man? And it's like, if Superman's not, not there, we're doomed. So yeah. then why do we need the odds? Whatever, right? And anyway. So, yeah, so I, that's that's the allegory we're saying. Um, I think we're, 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 you know, based on time, um, we're going to move into chapter six. I'm just going to throw this out here. Um, uh, they kill Cyborg's dad for reasons that escape me. Um, it obviously is there to drive Cyborg's sadness plot, but I don't know, man. Like, uh, Honestly, to me, it makes sense with the character. Um, did he need to die? No. It, does it drive something forward? Yes. Right, it's it's Victor sees in his eyes. Victor sees that as a as an actual redemption, a redemption that he later realizes didn't need to happen. Which is it's good for character development again, for for later. But uh, like, did he right. need to die? Nah, he did not. Also, as I was seeing, I was like, he died for no reason. We know he can't destroy the thing, and then we find out later that it's because he wanted to overheat it to three point five million Kelvin. I guess again, numbers don't matter. But okay. then. It was a smart thing to do, right? So yeah, eh, just just eh. it's it it's it's to me it's it's Zack Snyder hitting us over the head one more time. Oh yeah, just in case and, you didn't and know, Joe Martin doing a, a Sean Bean thing and dying for his sins again. I guess I guess we're we're done with Sean Bean and now Joe Martin's our new our new guy. Yeah. I, guy. I was almost waiting for him to press that that button on the list and go, <laughs> and then die. <laughs> Chapter part six. six part not six. Chapters. Yes. Part Go for six. It. So uh, we're at the end of of the movie here. This is when the super teams back together. Or sorry, the Justice League, not the Superman team. I guess they technically eh. have a name. And you know what? It's you know six of one and half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Um, they show up and they save the day uh, at a really high level. I I really appreciate the change in this ending. I think giving more more for the rest of the team to do in order to save the day, especially, you know, Flash and Cyborg working together to break the mother boxes apart. 
not just requiring Superman to show up and beat the shit out of of Seven Wolves so that Cyborg can take apart the mother boxes, but you know the extra scene of of having to do a bit more. I think overall, I like that. I like that the Justice League had to work together to solve the problem. I think I'm, that is a much better ending. I'm going to say part six is probably the best part of this movie, other than the epilogue where we get there. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the best part of the movie. No, 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 no. There's a specific thing that I like, but sure. yeah. So as a, as as a story of the movie, because the epilogue is wrapping up the story, not the story. I think part six is the best. The action is great. Um, let's we'll talk about the Parademon shooting oh, flash. Fuck. I know it bothered you. You know, <laughs> we'll talk about it. But the action is great. Um, the ex the extended scene with the Batmobile is amazing. Yep. Uh, it. I was just confused with you know Batman saying at first, "Oh, I'm gonna try to drive them away from you," and then in the end, they all driving towards the same thing. I was a little bit confused with that. Yeah. But like, I'm like, you know what? You got me this fucking awesome action sequence. I'll, I'm okay with it. Right, we've said this a lot about other things. Is like, if something is nice or good or fun or cool, we will like excuse a bunch of shit. Right? This is this is Zack Snyder in his element. This is why yeah. Three Hundred was awesome, right? Yes, yes. And this is the good parts about Watchmen, as an example. Is is he is great at action and action set pieces and and all the camera work and everything else going in with it. It, it looks amazing. The ending is great. How they beat the fuck out of Steppenwolf together and send his fucking oh. corpse, headless corpse, back to to Darkseid and his crew. It's, it's like it's almost like they're teabagging Darkseid. Yeah. At that point, basically, that's what happens. Because like, like it's the first time we see um, uh, Steppenwolf with with the top of his armor off, right? So apparently yeah. that armor is really good, even though Superman obviously is more powerful than the armor and is able to cut through it whatever hey man we didn't even talk about superman's black suit oh man it's so cool yeah <laughs> i was like i was like i was literally yelling here and fran was looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with this guy because <laughs> i was like the black suit uh, yeah. so it's so cool yeah yeah no it was it was great so yeah i really like that ending i think it really that was one of the best parts of the movie and i think i understand why people may come away from this movie really liking it um but I gotta, we gotta talk about the parademon. Okay. Just because, just before you get there, right? A, a couple of things I want to touch on, though. Um, one, how boring Superman still is, even though they fight together. He could, st- he could have killed Steppenwolf on his own. He, he cuts off his his horn, right? If he had decided to drive that heat vision in the middle of his face, he would have killed Steppenwolf on his own. The reason that he doesn't is is just a reason. Right. Sure. Um, and also, I uh, I really I really didn't need more Superman is Jesus imagery here. That's all I wanted to say. Go ahead. Talk about the parademon. <laughs> the only person done dirtier <laughs> than Green Lantern in this movie is Flash, when this random ass parademon looks at a, a blue streak and picks him out and grazes his side. Yeah, and he he's such a little bitch about it. <laughs> like he didn't have to be. It, like, I guess he has to heal because if he's not healed, then I don't know why he has to heal because the suit's not going to cover his skin. So I, I understand. I don't understand that. But that I'm not. That's that's being nitpicky. The thing I don't understand about this is it. It's not nowhere. Nowhere have been shown that the parademons are this good. Like, no, it's a lucky shot. They're and but you can't like. That 
I have a, I have a really hard relationship with luck in movies. Mm-hmm. But when these are all superheroes and supposed to be gods, a fucking lucky shot should not take down a god. Not like that. Let me let me do you one up on that. How fast was that shot? Because he was running near the speed of light, right? He, well, would, he, he would not yeah. have seen the shot coming for like 15 minutes by his own timing account and just dodged it. I would have rather if the parademon was like, oh shit, let me just shoot at this thing and fired off like 50,000 bolts and one of them hit him. That would have made more sense. But the, you know what? This is the most egregious one-shot kill or one-shot hit since fucking Pearl Harbor when he's just shotgun to shoot down a goddamn zero. <laughs> the shotgun shooting the zero is more plausible, if I, if anything. All right. Just it, that's a real... Listen, don't go watch Pearl Harbor. It, it is... Never mind. I don't, I'm yeah, stopping it's here. It's terrible. It's terrible. But the point is, like, I just just show me the pair how or why the parademon could have made this lucky shot. If he shot off like 50 shots and one of them hit Flash, I get it. Flash can't dodge all of them. But and he doesn't even seem like he really tracks that long. It's just like, oh, this guy's doing a circle. I guess I'll shoot my shot. And it just he had tried so many times and missed anyway. The parademon. There's he's shooting at him for a long time. It's just one shot where he goes, ha, ah, now I'm going to focus on the force and hit him somehow. I really? Guess. I didn't see that at all. I just saw him aim one he was shot trying, and hit him. He was trying to shoot. Oh, that's when better. It's not better. It's worse. Because it's even more of a lucky shot. It shows that he can't hit him when he wants to hit him. Yeah. I, anyways, it's just it, it's one of those things where, again, um, Zack Snyder does this thing where he needs something to happen. So regardless of what he set up before previously, he's going to change it to suit his needs. And I, we skipped over the part where he has his two dads talking to Superman while he does the Jesus scene. But that was one that really pissed me off. The fact that his dad is now like Clark Kent, or Pa Kent is now, oh yeah, use your powers and fly. When an fly, elevator. my son. Fuck and, you, Jonathan. Kent. And in Man yeah. of Steel, he's like, don't show your powers. Let a bus full of kids fucking die. Yeah, let the bus bu- die. Let me die in front of your eyes. Fuck it. I'm going, to talk, I'm going to talk about his retconning of things later in the epilogue. Okay. But okay. that that was my one annoyance with the parodium. It's just like, you could have done this in a different way. You could have had the Flash trip because he does that all the time. You could have had them just set up uh, in a way. The Flash didn't even have to like get shot or fuck up. He could have just been like dodging something at, yeah. or be distracted or maybe Stephen Wolf hits Cyborg and knocks him off. So that's why the motherboards are able to, to... There's so many other ways to do it. Or like knock someone else off and then Flash feels the need to go help them. Or you have a bajillion parademons. Just make them try to harass harass him in yep. a way that he can't reach the, the speed that he needs to reach. Yep. Something like that. Yeah. All all good options. And then you could have done the and then and then and then that justifies the, the time speed thing, which I liked. Um, him reversing time to to bring back the mother boxes apparently exploding and turning Earth into apocalypse instantly, which that scene is very cool like the the time going backwards uh, in slow motion and like you can see superman's hand sort of like rebuild because it was like turned into dust basically it was cool but also it showed how little money they had for cg <laughs> uh honestly out of all the bad cg in this movie that wasn't the worst by no means Fine. okay i'll give you yeah. that yeah um i i just didn't think it was necessary to do it that way i like that it wasn't just Superman, like just punching everybody around on his own and being the one that kills Steppenwolf and separates the thing, all of those things, right? Like, he, did did he need their help to kill Steppenwolf? Clearly not. But was it cool to see him getting like skewered by by uh, 
Aquaman and then have his head chopped off in midair? Yes, it was. Right? So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, so that's the end of the movie. Um... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's a very short epilogue where uh, <laughs> Cyborg's dad kind of talks over and they kind of wrap up the movie. And, I uh, thought it was actually nice. That it's part? Nice, it's a nice ending just to see everything tie up after all the big stuff. That was great. Movie's over. Um, do you want to give your score for the movie since the movie's ended? Oh, Lord. This is why we're doing this, huh? <laughs> okay. So there's more to the <laughs> epilogue. There are basically three more scenes. And, and I think... You know, we have the time. We're going to go into each one of those three scenes just a little bit because I think it's important to talk about each of them. So, so the first scene after we have the cyborg's dad talk over, we see. Um, okay, which one was the first one? Oh, the first one is uh, we see Arkham. It's not Arkham. It's Arkham Asylum, right? But it's, it's like Arkham, Arkham something. House. It's Arkham, Arkham Home House or Arkham House. So it's not exactly yeah. the asylum. And and then so we see a guy laugh like he's the Joker in a tight suit or a straight jacket, which I don't understand. Anyways, and we finally figure out that Lex Luthor has escaped and he's on a sweet ass yacht and Deathstroke comes to see him. Um, and they talk about Deathstroke trying to kill Batman and Luthor's like gives some Deathstroke some information to go and actually hunt Batman. And so it's like a, them teaming up into a partnership. Um, I really like the scene. I like Deathstroke. I think that Joe M, whose name I'm just not going to butcher. Manganiello. Thank you. Um, I think he'd make a really interesting Deathstroke, and I'd love to see him in in a movie. Um, Same. I really like the fact that Lex Luthor seemed to not be a, a crazy Joker ripoff. And no, no, no. I was going to stop you right there. Okay. He to me, he still feels like a knockoff Joker. The way show, he show talks. Work. The way he talks. I mean, it's better than it was in Batman versus Superman. No question. Right? He's not trying to shove candy in people's mouths, at least. Right. Fair. And and he hit, says it himself, right? You know, I like the way that that stroke puts it. Like, I heard you were a few uh, clowns short of a circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and so he seems a little bit less unhinged, but he's still like the way he talks, it doesn't feel like Lex Luthor has this, at least for me, it always had this. Um, he seems to me like a man who gets shit done, right? He's not super powered. He's not crazy. Never was that, that I know of in, in any other story other than this one. I'm sure there's some comic book somewhere, but generally his persona is that he's very intelligent. Yeah. Like even even Gene Hackman, Hackman's Joe, uh, sorry, uh, Lex Luthor <clears throat> is kind of wacky, but he is like he. You can tell he knows how to do shit, and and he's a good foil for Superman, right? In this, he seems like he the way he talks like like that to me is so gimmicky. Maybe it's not like he's a Joker anymore as much, but I don't, I just don't like that this take on Lex Luthor, and I don't think it does the character justice. Even you know the the Smallville Lex Luthor is better, which is sure. saying something. Or maybe right? John Cryer's Lex Luthor from Supergirl. Yes, yes, I like it. I like yeah. that too. So, so I. I see what you're saying. Um, he's not crazy Joker anymore, and he gets so little screen time; it's hard to take away from it what you. That know. is true. I, but fair he, enough. He, I think, maybe just because he comes across as someone who has intelligence and knows what he's talking about and what he's trying to accomplish, 
that he seems like Lex Luthor to me, and I'm extrapolating to give him the credit that yeah. he's the full Luthor. And I'm probably doing the opposite. I'm like remembering how it was and not like not giving him a chance because the the screen time is so small. I'll give you that him knowing him finding out who Batman is and using that as a weapon totally Lex Luthor. Like that's a hundred percent what something yes. Lex Luthor would do. Yeah. I think the long story short is I would love to see more of that movie um, with them in it, provided that Jesse Eisenberg plays Lex Luthor like he played Mark Zuckerberg uh, in uh, that Facebook movie, unless like he's just trying to copy the Joker. Yeah. I, I would be up for that too, yes. Was it The Social Network, I think the movie is called? Yeah, I think so. Um, if he could get more to there, he'd be good, but otherwise he's going to be garbage. Uh, that is epilogue scene one. Would you like mm-hmm. to tell us about scene two? Oh, you mean the uh, <laughs> the weird sort of cut into Batman dressed in a trench coat and with some weird glasses? Also, let me just sidebar quickly. Why is it that he had this super tacky armor in Batman versus Superman, and now he has to put glasses over his cowl in this movie? Why why couldn't he have just the cowl do shit like it, it does on the cartoons and everything? Yeah, the best part is they're not even like cool glasses. They're just like driving or flying glasses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we don't, as that scene starts, we don't understand what's going on, right? It just cuts into that and it's some sort of clearly apocalyptic future. And we see Batman, Mira, and uh, that stroke, I think, initially together. Uh, and the Flash, which really took me a long time to figure out that was supposed to be the Flash. Same. I had to rewind. Um, but he shows up a little later, but yeah. And so they're talking about, you know, uh, trying to do, implement some sort of a plan. It's not really clear what they're outside of some city and they're talking about who, you know, clearly Superman, uh, who you don't know that yet. You don't, but it it gets pretty clear. He, he can't find us and that kind of stuff, but you don't know. It becomes clear when he fucking shows up. (laughs) Well, yeah, because God forbid we, you know, we have to figure out on our on our own who it is. You're assuming it's Superman, but it could have. You, there's also the chance that it could be like, you know, Steppenwolf or Martian Manhunter or, or yeah. whoever. Okay, that dead Green Lantern. <laughs> Just a hand, right? Mm-hmm. Just a Green Lantern hand. Yeah, and then they're discussing um, something that a plan that they're gonna do. They want to attack, the, and and Mira is clearly pissed off because he quote unquote did something to Arthur. And and by that you're you're supposed to figure out if you if you're not you know a connoisseur of DC that Mira and Arthur get together, uh, Mira and Aquaman get together, and that he's dead apparently, and she's like I'm gonna kill him for what he did to Arthur, and then Batman is like Yeah, I lost someone too, and they they argue a little bit, and then you overhear someone talking to Batman. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about that guy? Who could it be? <laughs> We get to see our good friend, the Joker, played by Jared Leto, Leto. Yeah. Um, talk about how Batman's lost somebody and he's lost his parents. And we get to fucking relive Batman's origin story for the 9,000th time ever. Okay, I'll let you finish. Thank you. Um, and I like the idea that they need the Joker's chaoticness to solve the problem they're facing of clearly Superman's lost his mind and is teamed up with Darkseid. But I really don't like Jared Leto's portrayal of Joker because he doesn't play it with 
the idea that the Joker's crazy but has a plan. He just plays him like he's full-on crazy. And it really bugs me. Like, the part where he talks about Batman jerking off, I'm like, what, bro? Like, you're not you're not pushing buttons with the motive. You're just trying to be, like, outlandish for the sake of being outlandish. So, this is where I disagree to some extent. Because I actually like this portrayal of Joker. He... As with everything in this movie, even here, it, it's too long. The the ribbing and uh, the pushing buttons, it goes way too long. Could have been a third of what he did and it would have been enough. Because he says, you know, be very careful what you say next. And then he says, like, what, five things? And then Batman says that wasn't very careful? Yeah. Let me... Let me paint you a better picture of, of, of that, and then we can talk about the portrayal. He could have said, oh, he lost his father and his mother. Be very careful what you say next. And his adopted son. That wasn't very careful. There. Done. You don't have to go into jerking <laughs> off. and don't have to go into any of the other things. You don't have to have that stupid Joker card thing. That was the worst thing about that, the whole thing. <laughs> right? However, yeah. I would have missed... If we didn't get to see the Joker called Mira a smelly old flounder. <laughs> that was the one joke in this whole movie that made me actually laugh. Well, it didn't happen in the movie, so it doesn't count. What do you mean? <laughs> not a, not you a, can't hate this epilogue this much. No, I don't hate this epilogue. I hate the fact that it's another Zack thing? Snyder just put a bunch of shit at the end of the movie and he gets credit for it being part of the movie. This has nothing to do with anything in this movie. And like, this is just a fucking extra scene on a DVD. So... The movie is what it is, and it's cool to see his other ideas, but this doesn't make the, that movie good. This is completely separate. And would you, would you never... have preferred if this was a after like a post credit scene? Sure, that would have made more sense. The fact that yeah. it's part of the epilogue is just like what the Dumb. fuck? Because it doesn't yeah. it doesn't do anything to the movie. It it like I actually don't know why they didn't put it in the movie because Batman references it. Batman references having this dream, and yeah. you could have just put it in the movie. Like it was already fucking supposed to be four hours. Like fine, put it in. I don't care. Yeah, but but you skipped it and then you just stuck it at the end because you just want to be like fan servicey, and I don't mind that. But but you can't, you don't get credit for it. Like it's cool. I like the idea. I love the premise. I'd love to see a movie in this world. But but that has nothing to do with the movie you showed me. This is just you knowing you're not going to get to do more work and tacking it on. And that to me is just like fine. But let's just we can't. I, I guess I'm mad at it and I shouldn't be, but I'm not going to consider it as part of the movie. So let me let me ask you this. You said like you know you already said that um, you don't like Jared Leto's portrayal as the Joker. Um, is is it just because of the whole pushing buttons for no reason, or don't you you don't like his take on him? I don't like his take on him. Why is that? Because he he he's if you see the you know the take he's got in this movie, if you see him show up in the Suicide Squad, he's just a manically insane asshole for the sake of being a manically insane asshole. So I would agree with that in, in terms of uh, the Suicide Squad, because it was terrible. But here, he seems like someone who's unhinged, but who has a reason to do things. It was badly done in the sense that, I, like I said, it goes on for too long and it doesn't really do anything. But like the way that he portrays the character, the, the I like the laugh. Say what you will. I like that crazy laugh that he did. Is it as good as Mark Hamill's? No. Is it good? Yes. <laughs> but what's, so what's what's going on underneath him? What do you get out of him that makes you think he's the Joker and not just a crazy person? Because to me, it feels like he's 
he's just as peeved as Batman is to have to work with him, but that he, he has a reason. And in my head, the way that I played this was he's clearly looking for a point in which to betray all of them, especially Batman and fuck them over. Yeah, but that's headcanon. That's not what the movie showed you. Well, I'm sure. So I you mean, can't, you all can't, we uh, have is headcanon. No, but you can't apply what you think to what we were shown. Well, that's what I felt like. That's what I I'm saying. I didn't feel like that. Just, I just felt like he was pushing Batman's buttons because that's what he does. I didn't. He wasn't pushing them with an ulterior motive. <sighs> Fine. I, I. You know what? Let's agree to disagree. I am interested in seeing, and this is a good segue into what I wanted to say. Honestly, the story that that even even if it's some some of it is headcanon because we don't get a whole lot. But the scene is what like five minutes, ten. Um. I would be much more interested in seeing uh, like a miniseries set in that nightmare universe and that nightmare reality than I was watching this whole four-hour movie. Yeah, that is 100% fair. Like, uh, it might drive home the point that you're making with the Joker where it's like a gimmicky thing and not really a well-thought-out thing. But it could also give Jared... We know Jared Leto is a good actor. He's like... Two methods sometimes he's not a bad actor. Uh, he's not a bad actor, but I think he's not oh he's he's his range of possibilities from like average to good is it's it's a lot in there. Fair. And and like just because he's a good actor doesn't mean he's gonna have a good take on the character, sure. And we have a lot of expectations of of Joker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like DC fans do. Oh yeah, definitely. Um but but like the idea of that reality. Uh, of you know superman being the villain and they had them having to fight him and, and so on and so forth it's very interesting and very bold the problem is it would never happen i mean it's not bold what just, superman just, being evil no he's just yeah he's just like it's, it, that's the injustice storyline that's existed before before he's he's put it out here so like it's a great mm-hmm. idea i love it but i'm not gonna say it's bold it's not no, it's new. bold to it's bold to bring it in you know as an epilogue how, to a movie that has no context no 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 no, no, no happened no, no. That's no, not no, no, bold. No. no, it's not. It's dumb. I agree. I'm saying if they did bring that up as an actual storyline to be told at length, it would be bold. Oh, that might be. As it was here, it was like, no, look, guys, I know something cool. I'm going to put it in this movie. That's what that epilogue part was. If if they just release this as a standalone, like short, like, the, you know, you've seen sometimes where. I remember years ago that Nathan Fillion did sort of a, a standalone short of him sort of playing Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series just to show what he was capable of. Yeah. Like that would have been interesting. Just, you know, put this out there as this is, this is an idea we could do. Um, but it, it, you know, so like, and that's the way I treat it, right? It's, it's not attached to this movie. It doesn't have anything to do with this movie. It's a cool idea and I'm happy to watch it at the end of this movie, but uh, it, it doesn't connect me. And, and I know, I know I'm repeating myself on that. So I'll stop. No, man, but it's a dream. And I can segue into your other favorite part of this epilogue. It was just a nightmare. Uh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. this, this, like an epilogue is supposed to finish a movie. This doesn't finish yeah. anything. Yeah. The epilogue is, is supposed to show the like longer term consequences of what happened in the story. Yes. Not to tell a separate story for sure. Yeah. So give us the last scene. The last one is Martian Manhunter comes over and says, like, Hey, I'm, I'm a dude who's here and I want to hang out with you guys. And honestly, Batman Bruce Wayne carries the exact energy I had with the scene of like, yeah, sure. Whatever, bro. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He was like, okay i guess <laughs> like he shows up and he's like i want to join your team cool it's like oh some and some call me martian manhunter like 
whatever, bro. I sure. Great. John fuck off. Like didn't need to exist. And it just looked bad. The CGI was bad. The scene was bad. You showed me Martian Manhunter. I don't know why you need to show me that. Like he's either going to well, join the team cause or we're stupid. Not. We're stupid. We well, didn't, that is true. We are stupid. We couldn't be left alone with him just showing up as, you know, Martha Manhunter. Huh. You have to tell him, tell us who we are because we're dumb idiots that we would never figure it out. Yeah, it's not you. like we know the story from other mediums or from you know other stories being told. It's not like there is not a, a, a Martian Manhunter on the Supergirl series. Um, could they tell us just later who that guy was? Uh, I mean, are you asking me or Zack Snyder? Yeah. For me, they didn't have to say it at all. Just leave it. This leave us going, who, who the hell is that guy? If you don't know DC enough, you go, oh, who is that guy? No, 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 no. Zack Snyder? He's like, oh, man, they're dumb fucks. How can we leave? Oh, I know. Let's bring him to talk to, to Batman because he wants in in the Justice League. I think, you know what I think I would have loved to see happen is I would have, I would have loved to see the Martian Manhunter show up in the movie in one other way that helps the team, but they don't know it. Yeah. I think just showing me him as Martha Manhunter was kind of like, why? Yeah, and, you know what? And Make I need... him show up as Lois to get Superman out of his funk. Uh, maybe. I, I like think... something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think, or I, I'm trying to think of a good way to do it. He's, we know he's that general guy, so maybe he, he, he's the one who does him a solid and, and let, helps him get into into oh. the the plant right to, to yeah get to the ship. That, that's great yeah right that was like and then or even like turn make him play silas victor's dad and and then yes. evacuate everybody and then show it's him yeah something like that right something like that like because i guess I, you don't want to take away from silas showing that he's a good person because because cyborg needs that but there's something there where because he's part of the military you can show him as that guy and the military can help them do something um, and, and then we get, and then he turns into the Martian Manhunter again. So that's like, we're seeing him helping the team in, and, and like, he's there, he's doing stuff more than once. That would be better. Like, I love seeing the Martian Manhunter, but it's just like, yeah. Okay. But like, he just, he helps Lois who's, who's, he, t- he said, he tells us is very important, but yes, she is. And, and so like, I, I just don't know what, like, what was that to serve? Right. It was like, gratuitous. It was yeah. like he, he could have done this in a way that would serve the story and, and serve the the plot, but he did it in a gratuitous way just to whack us over the head with it. It's like show me show me him like show him spying on the team and finding out that they're gonna bring Superman back. And that's why he had to get Lois Lane out of her apartment because she knew she need she was needed oh, to yeah. ground him, right? That would have been holy perfect. shit. That would have been so good. Because yeah. like there's no other reason for him to do that with Lois. He could have fucking been Alfred, right? Yeah. He could have like appeared as a bunch of like you know, they show us a, a, a little quick flashback to him actually being a few people, different people in the in the in the movie. Yeah, at certain points, right? Yes. Just give me a couple more hit, hits of him. I love to see more hits of him, and then it makes him impactful. Like that guy is helping them. I wonder what his deal is. Not why was that guy Martha for a hot second? Yeah, because that adds to the like. I know who Martian Manhunter is, and I like him. Yeah. But if you don't know who he is, you're just like, why was that weird alien playing Martha, uh, Martha for a hot second? And, and then you learn he's a Martian. You go Martian. There are people in Mars. Yeah, you know, like yeah. And so it, that's, it doesn't make any sense. And so that's the reason why we have that last epilogue is just to give him a little bit more. Like he wants to join the team. That's why he's helping out. But it's like 
that's the stuff where you need to show me in the movie, right? Yeah. And so that's well, why the whole conversation is that was like, eh, yeah, you guys are cool, I guess. So yeah. I, maybe I'll join. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it could have been done in a much more effective way. Yeah. Okay. So we got about, let's call it 10 minutes to just wrap okay. up our thoughts of the movie and give it an actual score. All right. You want me to go first? You go yes, first. Yes, you go first. Okay. So um, I think that this is not a good movie. It's a better movie than than the, the the Joss Whedon version. It expands on a bunch of stuff that's important to expand, but it does overuse its runtime a lot to be overly dramatic, to extend sequences that didn't need extension, and it did some really dirty shit with CG um, that it didn't need to change. Like there was a lot of things that were changed in terms of CG that did not need to be changed. CG wasn't the problem with Joss Whedon's version. Right, um, I think a lot of people um, like this movie because they're just directly comparing it to to the original, and yep. and honestly, the action scenes were interesting. I think the acting overall was good. Gal Gadot is not the best actress, but she does a decent job. I think um, when when there's like heart to heart conversations is a little weird, but like all the rest is fine, and everybody else does a really good job. But it's not a good story. It's contrived. Um, it follows on a bad premise from Superman having to die for it to be for the stakes to be real. Because if Superman was alive in the beginning of this movie, there would be no stakes. Yep, hundred um, percent. If if Steppenwolf shows up and Superman is alive, the movie this movie would have had fifteen minutes. <laughs> yep. Right. And so it's it's it sets on it's set on a bad premise. It does a lot of characters a lot of bad, right? As we called out. And in in like in summation, it doesn't really improves the original, but it's not on its own a good movie. I would give this movie a five out of ten. Wow, yeah. um, I so I agree with your score. I would give it a five out of ten as well. Um, and and my reasons I think are different than yours. Um, I, I think we through this you know hour and forty five minutes of listening to us talk about this movie. I think there are a couple things at play. One. I think Zack Snyder has a lot of great grand ideas. I think he's a great idea guy. And you can see some of them actually play out in this movie. And it's, it's obviously a better movie than Joss Whedon's movie again. And we know the reasons why Joss Whedon's movie was made. A lot of it had to do with Warner Brothers literally has no idea how to make any movies whatsoever. And, and them meddling <laughs> yes. and them wanting it, something that was short and small um, without realizing the impact of saying, hey, make me a team-up movie with a bunch of superheroes that no one knows about. Yeah. And so a lot of the fault falls on 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 their shoulders for trying to make something that shouldn't be made and then and then requiring it to, to hit an arbitrary timeline like yes do i want to go to the theater and watch a four-hour movie probably not but if you want to tell me a movie that makes sense it's probably three hours right if we chop off there's half hours of epilogues that we didn't need you could probably condense the movie down to three hours three hours and change it's not the worst idea to show me a three-hour movie if it's going to be coherent versus the, the dribble and just nonsense that Joss Whedon gave us. Mm -hmm. So th those are all really good things. But as, and when you look at the movie as itself, Zack Snyder has a problem of not knowing how to use nuance. None of the music was themed in a way that it gave you a soundtrack for the movie. It was all just, I'm going to put music to the sound to make you feel a certain way I want you to feel. And each scene is independent of the next scene. And, and especially in the first couple parts, I just feel so discombobulated jumping around from person to person. And I don't feel connected to the movie. There's no through lines that make me understand what's happening like yes batman's trying to put the team together but like that's like the barest of threads let's you know 
And so it, it gets, it's, it's frustrating to connect all those pieces, uh, those dots together. But at the end of the day, it, it comes together in a movie that it ends in a satisfying way. And, and I think, you know, we've heard a lot of our friends say they really liked the movie and they enjoyed it. And well, listen, they're wrong. Listen, my friends, um, <laughs> I'll know if you listen to this because you'll probably have words with me after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying you are dumb. What I'm saying is, wow. If you spend any time thinking about the movie at a more than superficial level, it's going to disintegrate. It just becomes problematic and frustrating. But if you go in with no expectations, you pay very little attention to what's going on on a deeper level. I see how it's a fun, enjoyable ride. If you don't care that the music doesn't, like the music is discordant for certain scenes. If it you just want to service, right? The, yeah. the music. Yeah. If you just want to see a bunch of cool story pieces strung together, uh, like with string, like, you know, those popcorn strings where you just have like <laughs> the thinnest of threads. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fine time. I could see you saying this is a seven and or an eight out of 10. But when like, because what we do here is look into movies and dissect them for their struggles. The story is just kind of incoherent. It, it, sorry. The story is just co incoherent. It doesn't, it doesn't connect properly. Like I like learning about dark side, but like, how did she, how did they have this special ass arrow? They shot 10 million miles, apparently hit this thing, lit something on fire. She found the arrow. I guess there was writing on it for her to know, to go down into this basement to like, check out this mural. Like, like, okay. But and like the whole exposition thing. And then her, yeah, her just fucking going on exposition with Batman. It's like, yes, those things are cool, but I don't know, man. Like, shouldn't shouldn't she have just I, I don't I don't know what I'm expecting sometimes, but it just seems like he could have taken more care into making the characters have better motivations and structure for what they're doing. Well, it's hard, like you said, for for you know, one movie to do that when there is no um, basis on which to draw from, you know, yeah. you, like there's two two things that that factored into this way back when Joss Whedon did it. Well, you know, when Warner Brothers had Joss Whedon do it, was because the, you know the Avengers movies were doing so much so well that they were like, oh, we need a team up movie too. The thing is, there's you know a load of difference between setting up a, a universe first and then teaming them up rather than yeah, this is a team of half of them you don't know. Like it's how how it's not like you said it's not Zack Snyder's fault. How can he do that well? It's hard, yep. right? And then on top of that, like even even Marvel having had uh, you know all that background happen on the on on the last Avengers movie, they split it in two, right? Because it was a lot of story to tell, and you can't. Here, here's the, the point that I'm trying to make. Our friends, and if you guys are listening, you feel free to come. You know have words with us after come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah. They they're like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched it twice, which I was like appalled at, but like they did that in, in, in segments, right? They stopped in the middle and then watched it. They continued watching, which is how I did it. That's how I did well. it. And now imagine if this movie was in the theaters, would you have liked this as, as much if you had to see through it? And they would say, Oh, but it wasn't in the theaters. Yeah. But uh, this movie banks a lot on a lot of things. It, it, shouldn't be able to it banks on us having seen the other movies first yeah right which yep. by the time the original came out they weren't there and it also banks on the fact that we can pause but like i don't necessarily want to like it's not a good thing to be able to pause a movie i want as a storyteller 
whenever I'm the storyteller, I want you to not be able to put it down. I want you to find it so entertaining and so much fun that you keep on watching or you keep on reading or whatever it is, right? The yeah. fact that you're like, ah, you know what? It's going to be too long, but they can pause it. That's not a good thing to me, right? No. And so I, I think that that's what I meant when I said that it 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 has an over reliance on its longer runtime, right? Yes, it's. I think this is the one thing that I would hold against Zack Snyder, and and I you know I, I will say this after obviously you listen to this, I don't know if I like Zack Snyder as a director, and I tried yeah. not to be too critical at times because I think I I dislike him, and I think overall the story the the ideas and the stories are great, but. But to, to bring it back together is he, I don't, and I, I'm going to say, I, I don't know why I'm dancing around it. I don't know if he cares about his audience. I think yeah. he wants to make the movie he wants. And if you like it, that's great. But if you don't, who cares? And let, let me tell you how I feel about this. Like as, as his audience, what I feel was like, he is saying to me, the the other superhero movies that you watch are like popcorn movies. This is art. So I'm going to set it in 4-3. So I'm going to have these weird song choices. I'm going to do these weird slow motion. I, I'm surprised there's no Dutch angles in this, but like this yeah. weird slow motion shit that doesn't even do anything because this is how I see it. What I'm doing is art. And if you don't get it, you're an idiot. Hence, I'm going to beat you over the head with all of these concepts. That's yeah. how I feel as his audience. Yeah, like his his concession to us as fans is, listen, I know you guys might not get it because it's a really deep and heavy thought process. Yeah. So I'm just going to frame everything to be as obvious as possible for you so you understand what I'm saying. And all right, I guess, like, cool. But <laughs> thanks. <laughs> either make your artistic movie like, you know, The Joker either make your artistic movie or don't, but don't do, trying to do both. both. It's just, you don't, you don't hit the mark, right? Like, okay. You, like, why do you want in four, three? Oh no, it's better. You focus on their faces. It's like, eh, eh, okay. I forgot it was in four, three after a while. Yeah. Cause that's what everybody does. Right. Like, it's just, you don't care after a while. And, and I've heard reports it was supposed to be on IMAX and I don't, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. I, I think yeah. Zack Snyder has potential. And I understand why Warner Brothers let put him in charge of the universe, but I'm just not sure he's making movies for a wide fan base. I think he's making movies for a very specific niche, and I, and I think that's okay. And I'd love to see some more of his niche movies, but if you want this to be your mainline Justice League in the same style that the MCU has done, I don't think it's ever going to work. No, it, it misses the mark. Yeah. I would say so too. Yeah, it's it's you know, uh, um, he tries to have you know the the blockbuster plus the artsy fartsy movie all together, and it just does a disservice to both like kind of concepts. Yeah, like the best example I can say is if you watch Man of Steel, um, he has the time to delve into his character the way he wants to, and <laughs> and while you can argue against. <laughs> the idea of where he positions Superman yeah. in that movie. We really don't have time for me to talk about that now. <laughs> don't worry. We'll, we'll do a podcast about it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go through those movies, but we should. Yes. The main point of it is 
he at least has the time to structure that movie and tell you that story the way he wants to. And I, it does feel like that story comes across in Man of Steel. Do you like that story? Do you think it works? That's a whole other conversation. But he has the time and the ability to structure it in the way he wants. And it just feels like he was trying to force that here with so many more characters. And and it was just too overwhelming. He, he missed because he just had too much. Yeah. He... The thing is, to me, and and this is, we should probably start wrapping up. Um, the thing is, he, you know, in Man of Steel, he had the time to do it properly, let's say, because it's the first movie and he, he's the one setting it up. And in this case, like we've argued already a couple of times, he did not have this opportunity. It was, you know, this is where we are and this you have to introduce these characters so you don't have the time to do it. The, the, the thing that plays against Zack Snyder, in my opinion, is that even when he had the, opi- the, the opportunity to do it, he didn't do a good job of it. But that's another movie to talk about later. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, Man of Steel is not his story. So um, fair, fair. It, it's hard to, to get. Anyways, we'll, we'll get into those in that, 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 those podcasts. They'll, yeah. they'll come after this one. Yeah. I we- think we, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the people that have bravely listened to us for almost two hours for us to delve into what exactly has gone wrong with all of this yep. and looking at the other movies too. And I think, I think we'll try to, to have conversations about this movie with some of our friends who did like it just to see what the fuck those people are thinking. <laughs> I mean, it's the best way of telling people that are wrong is to tell them in their face. So I 100%. think we should do that. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think we're done under two yeah, hours. This is way more than the time that we've had for today. <laughs> under, under two hours. I think we did everybody a service. You're welcome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Bring us home. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's all the time we have. Somehow, we, we're stopping here. Um, if you dislike our thought process, if you think we're wrong, we're not. But uh, if you do think we're wrong, then please email us at yourwrongcast at gmail.com. If you can figure out how to spell your, you should be okay. You can also check out our website as well. The email address is there. Uh, that website is your wrong cat or www.yourwrongcast.ca. Um, otherwise, I'm Matt. And I'm Luciano. And we will see you next time.